Pickaxe. Hey all, I'm Dr. Alok Kanoja, but the internet knows me as Dr. K. I spent seven years studying to become a monk and then became a psychiatrist. I want to tell you a little bit about my podcast, Healthy Gamer GG where we combine my clinical experience of practicing psychiatry and sprinkle in years of experience as a meditation teacher and sort of focus on spirituality. So on the podcast, we're going to approach very common everyday problems from each of these lenses. And what we really do well is blend science and spirituality to create the most accessible solutions for people for their everyday problems. So check us out at Healthy Gamer GG on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. Want to listen along with all of us to each new episode of Fables of Fendrea Arcanum? We host live listening parties over on our Discord every single release night. So head on over to patreon.com slash castparty to become an official part of our cast and crew. And also gain access to hours upon hours of bonus content, exclusive behind the scenes info, and so much more. Patreon.com slash castparty. Thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy the episode, cast and crew. Hello everyone, and welcome to Fables of Fendrea, Arcanum. My name is Jose Polino, or at DM Jose P on all socials, and I will be your director for today. I am joined by my lovely cast and crew for this evening, and we'll begin it off with Ryan. Hello, Ryan McManus. I will be playing Rowan Fair Isle, Half-Light of Salune, seeking to bring a sense of calm and comfort to those lost in the dark. You can find me on my personals at Ry.McManus or run in the cast party socials at Cast Party DD. Andy. Hello, beautiful nerds. My name is Andy, and I will be playing Five, one of the seven, Shepherd commissioned for recovery by the Haven Eye. And you can find me at Mr. Dandy DM on TikTok and on all the other socials. Nice. Annie. Oh, that's me. Hi, I'm Annie. I'm paying attention. <laughs> Hi, I'm Annie. I'm playing Rid, Gaslight, Gatekeep, Ghoul Boss. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Cantrip, C-A-N-N-E. And finally, we have Sin. Playing Zue, collector of chronicles, aspiring to herald the histories of Fendrea. And you can find me on all the fun socials as sensationally.me, C-I-N, instead of S-E-N. Did you not say salutations? No. What the heck? (gasps) I can redo it. I'll redo it, okay? It's your staple. <laughs> what, 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 what about the cannon? What about the cannon? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Salutations, I'm Sin. I'll be playing Zue, collector of chronicles, aspiring to herald the histories of Fendrea. And you can find me on all the socials at sensationally.me, C-I-N, instead of S-E-N. Better? Yeah, that's better. So last time we met, you guys finish your battle or sort of engagement with these hags in the center of the square. 
you guys then sort of took some time to gather yourselves and mainly just kind of following Rid's suggestion, decided to not stay in the city for the night, but decided to actually branch out. You guys decided to leave the city of Irimsal, and there you guys had a lot of personal time with one another, talking about some personal, I wouldn't even say secrets, I would say more so things that you haven't had the time to really fully express, but now that they've come and shown themselves under this new light, you feel that it's appropriate to start communicating more effectively with one another. After that, when everyone was getting ready to go to sleep, Rowan saw his owl, but then saw what looked like a woman, this vision in front of him that took him up to the clouds and Selene, the uh, Rowan's goddess, was able to commune with him on a very personal level, but also speaking truthfully with hints of riddles. That is where we actually leave off as Selene is standing there amongst the clouds, mentioning to you, Rowan, that there is a chance that you and your friends will see the end of this alive. But if you do, that you would not be the same. You stand there on top of the clouds, watching this full moon in front of you with a tiny sliver of red, this sort of possibility of, of the unknown. And Salune walks towards you and she says, is there anything else you would like to communicate with me, Rowan? If I am not to make it out of this, please, when the others get back to Fendrea, just keep a watchful eye over them, okay? You finish your sentence. You open your eyes, almost like just out of a blink, and you're standing in front of the tree with Luna, your owl, perched up on one of the branches. Selune is nowhere around you, nowhere to be seen. Just your owl. But every now and then, as you stand there, the wind picks up cold to the touch chilling but your owl looks at you and just kind of gives like a slight nod Rowan will nod back and say out loud I hope this isn't the last I see of you here and will walk back into the house with that you hear the slight footsteps of Rowan as he enters the makeshift sort of hut again did you have a pleasant walk? Colder than I expected it to be. But it was nice. Is everything okay in here? I see the others passed out. They needed it. Yeah, I think we all did, honestly. Are you, um... Are you okay to... Keep watch? I am... Exhausted. Of course. Okay. I'll give them their space. Oh! Remind me tomorrow, I have to sing you that song. And then I'll grab the pillow, whatever blanket I can find, and cuddle up against the wall in the corner, if there's a window closest to the window. Five is going to take the red leaf that was a gift from the Haven Eye. He takes the sickle in his hand, and he stretches out and holds up his arm, and pulling out a part of his what you might consider to be his abdomen, moving aside uh, some of the flowers that are growing there and getting deep to the thicker vines. He's going to cut 
a small nick into one of the vines and gently, with the stem of the leaf, graft the leaf into the side of his core. You begin to maneuver yourself and your inner workings and all of this nature slash mechanism, this beautiful combination of the two to make space for this gift. As you sort of go to place this leaf on this space that you've created, you five watches the petiole that comes out of the leaf. When you go to place it, it almost instinctively latches on. Like touching ice, your whole body shivers as you now see that the leaf is tightly placed on you and it is holding on. Five takes note of that, blinks with his eyes on the leaf. He's recording this memory. At this time, as night or the perception of time, this internal clock that you're all carrying within yourselves, even in sentry mode, you're sort of still kind of aware of surroundings and can hear every now and then creatures and noises and the ever faint traces of that loud groaning shriek of that creature that you all encountered for a brief moment. And for the rest of the night, you sort of wonder to yourself, how well would everyone else sleep? Can they sleep? Are they sleeping comfortably? It's almost like the minute you allow yourself to rest, another sound from outside. It is just this desolate and very uncomfortable setting where you're trying to find comfort. But you wonder, somebody like Rid or Zue or even Rowan, how would they fare if they were here alone? But the comfort of friendship lets you know that Perhaps with you staying up or you being in the sentry mode, they can sort of let go of those defense mechanisms and allow themselves a restful sleep. With that, you all get a long rest. Oh, thank God. So I'll say that as hours go by, you all begin to naturally awaken one by one into a new day. And the day is yours. What will you make of it? I just want to note Rid fell asleep on Zue's shoulder. Zue is probably woken up by her own spell, letting her know that the structure is going to fall apart soon or like it's going to come apart undo. <sighs> and she's going to like look over and realize that Rid is on her and just awkwardly be like, oh God, immediately straighten and tighten her body up. Gently put her hand on Rid to like wake her up. What? Rid? What? Ah. It's morning. Oh shit. Red like s- sits up and does the thing like like when you when you're afraid you drooled on the person sitting next to you on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> She's not gonna say anything more than that. <laughs> so Zue and Red kinda wake up and share in this this moment. Brief but memorable. I'm gonna try and see if my book is still where I left it. You're able to find your book? beneath your pillow where you left it I double check it and go and then put it back in its holster and kind of look around to see where Rowan and Five are at 
curled up under the window. Five, at this point, hearing the, the sort of the rustling of bodies behind him, swivels and turns his torso and looks at Zue. Good morning. How long do we have before uh, this? I'd say about like 30 minutes, like half an hour or so. Probably on the lesser end, so we should probably start packing up if we want to go. Five is going to go over and just very gently sort of rub uh, Rowan's shoulder and just gently wake him up. (sighs) Time already? Yes, you slept very soundly, though. I'm used to nonsense throughout the night. Honestly, it's the best I've slept since we've been here. Best I've slept in a bit since we left Faramore, honestly. Wait, the the high thread count sheets didn't do it for you? It was sleeping under the window? No, no, listen. It was the high thread count plus the monster noises outside. Nothing gets you quite the good night's sleep like the threat of imminent death. Uh, When you're used to battling it every night, it's, uh, it's almost like home. Five, when you woke up Rowan, Rowan's right eye, a vibrant silver crescent moon. And the left eye? Normal. Five clicks on that and doesn't say anything. Did everyone sleep okay? Did I miss anything while I was gone? Rid not quite makes a face, but like widens her eyes a little bit and says nothing. (laughs) Just as you all begin to gather your things and sort of get ready for whatever it is that you are to make of this, the hut slowly begins to vanish as Zue, you feel its hole just kind of dissipate. You're standing there, off to the side, close to Irmsal, but far away, so, you know, Rid doesn't feel some form of negative influence on the city. It's it's this very weird moment in which you all find yourselves. Five is going to approach Rid. Rid? I have certain spells that would help me locate certain individuals, but unfortunately, it has limited range. Is there any way that we could use your tracking abilities or your perhaps sense of where... I'm not even sure what to call her. Olga? Yes, but I mean, what are they? My auntie, remember? That's a title. What, I- what was it? Uh, well, she's a hag. Like the ones that we fought? Yeah. Do you have a way of sensing where Olga might be? I mean, I tried it yesterday. I talked about the, the tunnel. I can try... But I think she's really weak. Rid's going to do the same thing and reach out to Olga in her head. Where are you? Whereas in before you would hear your voices an echo, followed after a couple of minutes by the voice of Olga, you say, where are you? And you just feel your voice go silent. Your voice sort of like come to a standstill. But then... On the opposite end, you hear almost like dialogue backwards.
and it's getting closer and closer, sort of creeping into your mind. And then in that, just you hear what sounds more like crying. <laughs> but you can't make out what the voice is, but you know that it's Olga. I'm going to go with there's no sense of which direction this is coming from. Just for the hell of this, give me a nature check. Oh, okay. Nope. <laughs> That's a seven. What it is more for you in that moment, Rid, it's not so much that you can't pinpoint it, but it's almost like when you tell yourself confidently, I think I have it. I think I know where to go. The rest of you, I guess, would notice that Rid, to you, you're just kind of like wildly looking around trying to pinpoint it. Where's it coming from? Where's it coming from? You turn and you turn desperately and then just sort of spin in a circle. It's unlike anything you've heard before. This form of communication is fucking with your mind. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to find her without magical means. Here's my proposal for you, Five, since I know finding your brother is important to you as well. Your brother... You said you saw where he was, Jagged Rocks, right? To the east. We can find him using normal means and then find Olga using magical ones. What do you think of that? I think that is a valid proposal. We gotta hurry, though, because I don't know what the fuck they're doing to her. Are you okay? It sounded weird. It sounded like... It sounded like Olga, but backwards and strange and all around and I can't tell what direction and she's just she's in trouble so we gotta go alright come on when someone literally lives inside of you you don't have any sort of sense on direction or anything do you know where Salune is point at her which way tell me your majesty he just points at the very faded moon in the sky. Oh, all right. The, the, the moon goddess lives in the moon. It's easy to see your goddess when you can see them at all times of day, Rid. Listen, this is this is not a, a meaningful or relevant argument. We need to get going. While they were having this argument, I'm going to stand off to the side if I can and like hold my book to my person very closely. Can I try and reach out to Elianos really quick? How did you want to do this? Would it be possible to do so through a religion check? Yeah, let's go with religion. But what I want you to do is that I want you to roll a d20, and then I want you to roll a percentile for me. So Zue noticing that two of her friends are having what is their typical banter... She's going to gently touch the spine of her book and flip to one of her pages about Ilionos. And she's going to try and reach out. 16? 7. You stroke the spine of the book. You feel the book itself. Instinctively, you feel like you want to turn it. And as you turn it, you are greeted with the Eye of the Arcanum. What are you beginning to say? For the first time in a little while, I do let some of my panicked feelings flow into the book. And I start thinking a line of thought to Elianos. This may be a little bit more than we thought it was. We might need backup. Things are unraveling really fast. And I'm not sure what to do. 
And she's like nervously fingering at the corners of the page as she's like trying to send this out to him. You find yourself being so vulnerable in such a personal way with this inanimate object. But as soon as you let go of it and you pour it all out, the eye opens. And there, almost like on the other side of like a crystal ball, if you will, you see a warped image of Ilionas. But he's not looking directly at the warp. You see him walking in the mansion in Yggdrasil. And you see him rolling up his sleeves. As he does that, he stops right as his hand goes to the rail to going up the grand staircase. And he stops and kind of looks around. And you keep pouring out this vulnerability. And Ilinas just turns and is looking, trying to pinpoint from where exactly it's coming from. And it's like you're visually just looking at him from like a God's point of view. You're looking down in his direction. He looks almost like making eye contact with you. And you watch as his hand extend up and try to reach towards you and then swing it shakes his head and keeps going up the stairs make a perception check for me 18 you had a lot of time to look and Ilionaz when he was rolling his sleeves you saw what looked like sort of like semi-tan skin of Ilionaz as he was rolling up his sleeves almost like water being poured down a street begins to consume everything and darken everything. You watch as the color of the skin that you're more aware of is sort of like consuming what looks like silver skin. You were able to reach that access through him with your religion check, but to fully communicate with him, it was lacking more because you're very new to this new element of communication. Has this been something I've seen on his arm before? Make an intelligence check for me. Two. <laughs> Two? Two. Ilianaz is very particular about how he dresses, about how he presents himself. Ilianaz is very picky when it comes to the way in which he chooses to stroll around town, to engage with people, to take on affairs of the Arcanum in a certain way. Very meticulous to a point, almost where you can't remember, have you ever seen him honestly without a long sleeve cover up of sorts, some form of robe, coat on top, something always hiding him. So with a two, unfortunately, you can't necessarily remember nor tell if that's something that you've seen on Ilianas. Feeling a little shaken up by this vision that I haven't seen before, really, that I can remember. I'm just going to shake my head and like kind of turn back to the group and pretend that I was just kind of reading over notes. Zue, uh, can you help me? We need to get going and these two are... Can you help? You're going to tell me the moon doesn't exist, Rid. I can see it right out the I'm window. So I'm just saying, you saw the smoke come out of my face. Okay, and where did it go? I can see the moon right there. I don't know. Where it, when it went with the hags, Rowan. I, uh, five. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good.
Zoe's gonna do like a half side hug of Red and slap Rowan's hand away. <laughs> Five is going to like turn towards Red and sort of like put his left hand on Rowan's left shoulder. Rowan, we really need to get going. We can, why don't we do the whole, you know, walk while we talk thing? East is that way, if anyone was wondering. <sighs> Good. Excellent. All right. I'm sorry, I thought we were going to your smoke monster first. No, we're going to the, the person we can find. We're going to go meet Seven. Com- commissioned or forged. Did I get it right? That was really, really close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just to save wear and tear, uh, give people the opportunity to, to rest, uh, should they choose. I would be happy to offer my services to carry uh, certain people if they would much rather not walk. I'll take a ride. All right. Give me some space. And then he is going to wild shape into a giant honey badger, which is technically a large creature, so I can technically carry two people. The badger is actually the god animal representation of Segoshan. Oh. Zue is furiously writing notes. Zue is going to try and pet you and feel all the plants before she gets on. Rid's going to jump up on the back and grab onto Zue around the waist so as not to fall off, obviously. Zue's just going to blush but not say anything. And then Rowan, you're walking? I'll walk beside five. You guys begin to trek. The way that you sensed it, both Five and Rid, you kind of had this moment in last episode where you're able to like pinpoint roughly. And what you gather is that the path that takes you eastward strays away from the naturally formed paths. Like you have to go through the forest, deep in the forest. At this point, Five will slow his pace down, but he is using his claws to sort of like cut through the the thick brush while he is carrying ridden Zue. Rowan, you following closely behind, and it is stagnant. It is just trees after vines, after knocked over trees and decaying plant life. The hour turns into two, turns into three, and it is just monotonous. You find almost the further you sort of try to look, it's just tree after tree after life that just turns to dust and ash and fades in front of you as the wind picks up. Five and Rowan, give me perception checks. Ooh, 21. That is a nat one. Five, you're trudging along, trying to keep a balance with Zue and Rid on your on your back not able enough to sort of give too much of a focused mind to the situation. But Rowan, you pick up right ahead from you, one of the tree trunks that is just there, devoid of all kind of life and leaves on top of it. The branches, you watch as some of the branches begin to coil inward from the tree, like right up ahead. Uh, hold up one second. Either... The forest is moving, or something is welcoming us? That might be the wrong word. Five hearing Rowan's voice immediately stops. What do you mean? Rowan raises his hand, 
and points a finger at the branches. The trees are moving again, just like back in the Ironwood Grove. I hate it when they do that. So, are they friendly? I I don't think it's a Herman situation. Should we be worried? I can't tell. Make a survival check for me. 19. At the Ironwood Grove, the trees, with the assistance of the life comprised of this wonder, granted passage to you. It made a path. Now, as you're all standing there, and I'll say that all of you begin to notice, the trees are actually shifting in a way where they're meant to block the path. They're confusing. They're shifting. And then now you begin to wonder, where have you been walking? The trees around you have been slowly shifting in directions and moving and warping and forming new branches. Have you been stationary in the same place? Have you been walking in a circle? Where are you now? From one of the trees, the trunk, very similar to the Ironwood Grove, a creature comprised of the trunk emerges. Hello. A second emerges. But now that this one does, it emerges with what looks like two trunks that come up in a horn-like fashion. And then another one emerges from another tree trunk that looks almost... In their shapes, they all seem to resemble a form of a humanoid creature. Five goes down and sort of starts to just shake his shoulders, sort of like signifying to Rid and Zue to get off. Rid doesn't like being told what to do, but yeah, she'll get off. (laughs) (laughs) Zue also gets off. One by one, now five turn into six, turn into seven, eight, nine of these humanoid, misshapen, trunk-like humanoid figures stand in front of their opening of the trunks. And five, you can notice it more, the hollow void sound coming from the tree trunk. It's almost as if the trunk is empty inside and it just goes deep underground. A guttural just echoing like chimes throughout the entire area that you're standing by. Is there anything about the environment currently where there is anything smell related that has changed? In my honey badger form, I have the keen smell ability. Two eights in a row. I mean, it's a 15. You begin to take in the sense around. Your keen smell, you trigger it to be able to sort of perceive all around you what has shifted, what has changed. And you smell further ahead the smell of burnt wood like a bonfire, the remnants of it, and that faint trace of iron, perhaps some form of bodily fluid, blood perhaps, in that same direction. Five, as the honey badger, he's going to stand on uh, his hind legs, come up and just with his snout and with his front claws, he's going to gesture at Rowan and uh, Rid and Zue. And he's going to gesture in the direction of where he, where the smell is coming from. 
You know, Zue, I think at some point it would be nice to find out if your telepathy thing works on animals, but it, I'm a little bit more concerned with the tree people, to be honest with you. I would agree. Um, I, I've never spoken badger, but it kind of looks like he wants us to go the way his claws are going, I think. Rowan, do you, does that sound right? That sounds right, but I don't know where we can go with all of these tree people coming towards us. That's right. Hello, tree people. Um, what's wrong? I'm Rid. The creatures, they've all just been standing still, swaying back and forth in front of their respective tree trunks. And as you say that, one comes up, and this one resembles a tiefling. The wooden parts of the trunk that come up that have broken in such a way that they resemble horns. Lifeless eyes, just hollow, dark. There's no pupils, there's nothing. No nose, and it's just kind of made up of the trunk itself, but a cracked open, hollow void that makes up its mouth. Takes one step in your direction, and then just looks at you. <sighs> Why have you come here? Um, well, we're looking for our friend's brother. All of the humanoid tree-like entities turn to one another, almost like in recognition, trying to sort of decipher what it is that you just said. And then from the distance, another one, resembling a tiefling as well. What is brother? Brother is... Like if you came from the same trunk. You watch as they all look to each other. One smaller in stature, that resembling that of a dwarf. Takes its arms, looks at its hands. I think I had brother. And then another one mentions. Did I? Another one. Did you? very confused conversations happening with one another all around you and the one that's standing in front of you the first tiefling that interacted with you you should not have come here dangerous roads these are plagued with darkness you walk thinly in the veil they'll spot you they'll see you they see us all who will see us? The sisters. The creature. The creation. Red glances uncertainly at Zue and Rowan. Before we dive into that, have you seen anyone that looks like you, but is, is covered in this? And I knock on Badger Five's medal. You watch as the tiefling standing closest to Rid turns, its entire neck snapping in the process, looks to you five, lifeless eyes looking down at you. Other, the creation, other. This creature now extends its hand, but it is timidly doing so. There is a shake to the, the hand now as they're trying to touch you. Just before they make contact, they stop but they keep their hand there, inches away from your exterior. Five in honey badger form is going to do the thing that a lot of dogs do 
like put their head on your lap and try to get underneath your hand, he will just very gently move his hand underneath this tiefling tree person, just gently nudge it with his metallic nose. The tiefling coils their hand back, but then presses it close to their chest. You should not have come here. None of you. And then one from the distance says, We are what remains. Failures is what we became. Sorry, failures of what? Of the creation. Rid gasps and she looks at five. The creation. Didn't they just say creation when, when we talked about five? If seven's like five, he also probably has plant and animal stuff going on, right? Can he make tree people? At the mention of seven in tandem with the creation, five is going to start to retract and reposition his body and come out of wild shape. I want to see if healing word combined with druid craft to see if it will do anything to sort of like bring life back out of these withered tree people. I'll say because you're posing it in this way, let's begin it with a medicine check. 14 plus 4, 18. As you try to wonder what you could potentially combine, make, produce in order to find something within this creature, you stare at it and this is this is a creature that is gone. There is no life in this anymore. What remains is that of of something. You can't really necessarily say what it is, but is keeping it. Almost like the life and plant life in this world, keeping it long enough until it just dies away. This creation that you speak of, it created you? You watch as the tiefling creature come up closer now and looks up at you and with its hands, palm facing your chest, presses them against your chest. Devoid of anything, no eyes, no teeth, no mouth, no nothing, looks to you. We trusted you. You brought us here. We trusted you. We trusted you. We trusted you. We all trusted in you. Five. Do you think Seven tried to make more of you here in Arborea? More forged? And these are the spawn, the failures of that creation. In my visions from the Haven Eye, Commander Adrian, the, the leader of the Arcanum, he had something of a a partnership with Seven. He, he found Seven, or he, or Seven found him. I wasn't entirely sure, but 
but he asked Seven to do something. He asked Seven to participate in something. I didn't see what the result was or anything, but whatever happened did not go well for Seven. Five is going to take his hands and just very carefully, very slowly, place his right hand on the back of this thing's head and with his left hand place his hand on their chest. I'm going to try and do detect magic on this creature. You place your hand on their chest. You feel the willpower come from you to find within the ley lines of the entirety of the world where magic seeps in to give life to everything. You see it connecting to this creature, but you feel sad and you feel tired and you feel necromancy. As you keep your hand there, the part of life that is here is attached by unnatural means and it is begging for solace crying out deep within this creature feels torn to remain here in this form or to die like it wanted to before it became this and the creatures look to you five they are not here. He will, he will find you. One from the distance. Put you through misery. Another one. But they're not here. We are not bound to protect this. And they all look to each other. And then one says from the distance. This is not the one that led us astray, this one. And walks, limping in your direction, points at you five. This one means to do something unlike the other, something of value. You hear birds fluttering from the trees around as all of the creatures now turn their heads Almost out of fear, they begin to slowly coil back to their respective tree trunks. You should not have come here. You are far, far from the tree. And they begin to grab onto the tree trunk as they begin to like tight themselves back onto the form, the natural form of the tree trunk itself. Please, don't let me go. You can journey ahead, but don't say. I didn't warn you. You should not have come here. Five has the Wither and Bloom spell. And what I'm wondering is if I can do it in reverse. Each creature of your choice in that area must make a con save, taking 2d6 necrotic damage. And what I would like to do is see if it would be possible to take the necrotic damage myself and give whatever life, whatever bloom is possible to the individual I'm holding. 
Ooh. Give me an Arcana check with advantage. 21. You hesitate, knowing what you could do. But you also feel confident enough in this moment, this singular moment, to do something special. You place your hand on their chest. You extend your fingers. And you cast the spell. Now, five. Describe to me the beginning of the spell, the withering. He knows that this is a long shot. He knows that this probably doesn't have a chance in hell of working. He knows that because of the necromantic aspect of whatever created or brought this thing into existence, he knows that he has the ability to do something similar. But he wants to try, knowing the life that he has within himself, and knowing the, the gift of the Validite is with him, and also he wants to test the limits of whatever gift was given by the Haven Eye. Roll the necrotic damage for me first. That is 10 points of necrotic damage. You guys watch as five places his hand on this creature. The nature that makes up five blooms with life when you, whenever you look at five. It is a sight to behold. It is the purest form of creation mixed with the most ingenious manufacturing you could have ever fathomed. Five, you feel that connection of the Validite sort of flowing through you halts for a second. And you all watch for a brief instant. All of the natural colors of five, they wither and they turn gray like the trees all around this area. As five, you feel your entire composure, almost like if you felt the weight of you in that moment, gravity pressing down on you. You feel yourself weakened as the two wooden hands come up to meet your hand in the center of the chest. And you watch as one by one, the almost like scabs, these pieces of tree trunk begin to peel from the hand of this creature and they fall as your spell begins to give them this bit of life, this bloom, and they begin to blossom like a flower as from its face, more of the tree pieces fall off and you feel yourself getting weaker through the weight of you crushing as all of the sudden from the darkness, an eye emerges. And then from the mouth, a piece of wood falls off, revealing a lip. And sure enough, within the couple of minutes that pass by, more pieces of wood begin to fall off, still remaining there, but revealing a very rough, pale-looking skin of what looks like a woman tiefling that looks to you now with one eye, the other one still void, lips, a mouth, you now feel the touch of her fingers as her tips are exposed now, touching you. And you hear. Bless you. I have known such betrayals, such malice. 
And yet you here have given me the chance to say thank you. You watch as now her skin begins to crack. Straight ahead. Be careful. They're not there. They're not in. But hopefully you will tell our story. Perhaps you can tell my son that I and you watch as the skin cracks and begins to wither as the entire trunk now crumples on itself and grays and withers as you feel a breath of fresh air on you five and you feel your color come back the vibrancy of it you all see it one by one she begins to crumble but just as she places a hand by your cheek withers away pile of ash on the floor in front of you Five is completely speechless during this moment. He he saw f- for a very brief moment a flicker of of life in his mind. He, like seeing this transformation, he almost begins to say a prayer inside to Segojan and Baravan, just thanking. And he's just left standing there with ash on his fingers and the remains on the ground in front of him. And he just turns and says to everyone, I'm sorry. I... I thought I could do something. I I thought I could make it... better. You did do something. That wasn't an existence. That was a prison and you let her out of it. Rowan, I really don't want to be here anymore. I want to go home. We're getting there, but I'm proud of you for what you did. You gave her a moment of life and existence that she cherished right until the end. You gave her hope and a meaning even if for a brief second. Something she never found since her birth, her creation. She lived her life thinking she was a failure. And you gave her something to hold on to. And just like Rid said, there was no life to live. You helped her. Five turns and looks at Zue just to see what they're doing. I think we all know. If they're note-taking right now... She is. Five looks at Zue. Zue, please, don't put that in the book. But she said to tell their story. I'll tell the story. Zue's gonna awkwardly close the book. So you're all standing there. Zue closes her book. Silence fills the air. Gust of wind picks up. And you begin to all of a sudden smell something foul. As one by one, the trees, like in the Ironwood Grove, clear a path. You watch as the trees now begin to move. And where you were 
sort of surrounded by roughly 20 or so humanoid creatures. It feels now 50 or 100 trees all at once are shifting and moving, coiling, clearing a pathway in your direction. That the path now continues on a downward sort of angle to reveal a swamp with pieces of the path that emerge slightly every now and then from the swamp itself. I don't recall a swamp being in your description of where Seven is. Are you sure we're going the right way? Five is going to cast Locate Creature, knowing that Seven is on this plane somewhere. You feel something straight ahead through the swamp. Five is going to, with as best as you can figure, a very pained expression on his face, and he's just going to gesture in that direction. This way. Would Rid be able to recognize this as the same spell you cast to try to find the hags? Yes. Hurt flashes across Rid's face for a second. I thought you were saving that for Olga. It's fine. And she just starts walking forward. Five has such incredible, like, inner turmoil and conflict. Without thinking, given everything that's happened in the moment, he completely forgot that he had said that he would do that for Rid. And he sort of just hangs his head and walks. Rid, I'm, I'm sorry. Don't blame Five. It's, it's my fault. I asked the question. I, I threw the situation off. I said it was fine. It is what it is now. We gotta find your brother. You begin to journey ahead. The swamp meets you as the path itself declines at a very unnatural angle. And you watch as all of the life around you is just completely consumed by the swamp and the stench is foul. But the path, almost comedically, comes up at an angle every now and then from the actual stagnant water that is there. And from the distance, not too far away, you can see what looks like light, fire, coming from something in the distance, up high, not on the ground. How far is this fire? 400, 500 feet. Rid will, without any of the uh, prior showmanship, open her mouth, unceremoniously take a tooth out, and pass it to Zue. And then she'll look at everybody, collectively. Do you want me to go look? Maybe you should give the tooth to someone else. I'd like to come with you. I don't want you to go alone. They won't see me this time. As though she's stepping backwards into nothing is how Rid's invisibility spell asserts itself. It's like she's there, she steps backwards, and she's gone. As you do this, Rid, with a blink of an eye, you all just miss her completely. Everyone hears out loud. Don't actually let me go, like, 500 feet by myself, though, please. That just seems like asking for tr- Thank you. All right. Five. Maybe you should go with her, because... You seem to be really good at sneaking, too. He thinks about what Zue just said, 
And he looks down at his sickle hanging on the branch, takes it out, and he looks at everyone that he can see. We could go together. I could I could do the same thing that we did before when we were trying to be very stealthy moving through Arborea when we first approached the city. Well, maybe we could go in small groups, so like you could go in the middle and then Rowan and I maybe hold back. Just because I will say Rowan and I are kind of noticeable. I'm a bit rattly. I'm very pink. I don't know if it's a good idea for us to bring attention by accident, but also Red seems really hurt and I don't want her to be entirely alone. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sorry, Red. I thought you just left. Uh no. Five is going to using the sickle, using one of the charges, he's going to cast Pass Without a Trace. Five not really entirely sure where Rid is at this specific moment. He's going to very broadly wave the sickle over everybody. Everyone gets a plus 10 bonus once they've made their stealth check. 16. I have a 32. Goddamn! Rid is just fucking gone. <laughs> she faded into the nothingness that is the thin line between light and darkness just completely vanished from all of existence. So then Rowan and Zue, go ahead and give me uh, stealth checks. 12. I rolled a 27 with the plus 10. You guys begin to trek ahead. Sure enough, it's, it's easy. It takes some very careful stepping, but you're able to go from one path to the other Sometimes you have to dip your foot into the actual swamp itself because you can't reach that next part of the pathway. And that's where Rowan just steps, but it's like a deeper part. Like you just completely didn't find your foot. You didn't follow the, the path that everyone was doing. If Rowan ever has to step foot in this swamp, he's going to use his cleric feet, steps of night to give him a flying speed for however fucking long he needs to avoid stepping in said swamp. Okay, I'll say because you quote-unquote failed this stealth check, we'll do it like this. Trying to be stealthy, you go to step, and realizing that you're going to have to step in the swamp, you lose your footing because you bring your foot back, and you begin to fall forward. You guys hear the armor clink and tighten as Rowan is about to fall headfirst into the swamp, but then you cast your spell, and you hover above the swamp as it bubbles in front of you. And just one little bit of dirty water gets on your cheek. Ugh. Vile. So then we'll say that for this one, you guys are able to make some noise, but not enough to sort of gather any attention as Rowan was very quick on his feet and gathered himself. For the sake of this, go ahead and give me two more stealth checks. Tell me the first one and then tell me the second one. That's a 26 for the first one. 23 for the first one. 34. And he doesn't play this game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> She's gone. She's waiting for you on the other side of the swamp already. <laughs> first roll is 20. And then the second one? 28. 28. 13. Second roll is 34. 
sure enough, within a bit of time, you guys are able to trek through this swamp very carefully without making a sound. And now the further that you keep stepping into the swamp, more trees are left behind you as it is now sort of like an open clearing. But it's just nothing but a semi-thick fog, swamp, and the occasional every now and then something slithering coming out from the swamp. Eventually, Rid, you get there first. You get to a part of the swamp that it is all marshlands, natural form pieces of dirt and ground that are able to be sustained that is away from the water. Sure, there are small little puddles here and there, but it is just all marshland. There ahead, you see what looks like a tree, a very thin withered tree coming out from one of these like puddles of water that is unnaturally broken, split almost like perfectly down the middle with a light flame hovering at the center of it. I'll message Zue, tell everyone telepathically, skinny tree, looks weird, broken down the middle with a magic fire in the middle of it. I'm going to go look at it. You come up to this tree. The trunk itself, like many of the other weird things you've experienced here, is the only tree trunk for miles around. As you stare at it, you sort of like see behind it just more marshland that just keeps going and going and going. That's pretty much all you can really tell as, as you're looking at it straight on. Can I make an arcana check? Sure. That's a dirty 20. You look at this flame and at the tree, and you wonder, for this flame to be up here, this flame has to be some form of magic has to be placed on this, which means that probably anything around this is imbued with some form of magic. And in that moment, as you're staring at the tree and the flame, next to the tree, almost like, like a curtain, you get that same scent, that foul stench that comes out of nowhere with the wind from the tree in your direction. And you catch a whiff of it and it just smells putrid and foul. I'm going to go hide even though I'm invisible and wait for everybody else to show up. Zue, it smelled bad again. And it's suspicious and I don't like it. Be careful when you get up here. So Zue is going to send a telepathic message to both Rowan and Five. Ritz at the smell from earlier's back, so we should be careful. We should try and catch up with Ritz as soon as we can, and as quietly as we can. And Zoe's going to look over at Rowan at that last part. I'll be careful. Five is going to move forward very carefully, trying to keep an eye out if I can sense where Rid might be located it's incredibly difficult to even discern what rid would be for context rid's in a tricky spot because she doesn't want to like alert anybody who might be listening but also she's invisible and she can't like say anything to five zue's gonna try and make a wild stab that there is something out there and she's gonna cast dancing lights 120 feet to the left of us to see if anything responds to the dancing lights over there she is going to cast it as the ten globules, and she's going to think of Rowan and use him as inspiration and have them kind of bounce, almost like lanterns in a row walking. 
from you one by one, the globules sort of like form and begin to bounce in the direction to your left. And then one of them just almost like vanishes. And then the second one vanishes and the third one vanishes and then the fourth one vanishes. So within a hundred ish feet is when the globules to your left start disappearing. Now, in a way, the tree is straight ahead, but around you from where you're currently standing, they just kind of disappear. And the spell just ends like that? It doesn't end. You're spell's still up. But I can't see it, but I can feel where they are. Yeah, they're still going. Does it feel like they vanished because of something in the environment, or someone is doing something? Make a investigation check. 21. You gather that the environment around you is the reason for why your lights are sort of disappearing. But you feel that connection that you have to the very tip of the spell, that 120-foot radius, you, you feel that it is it's still there. Like, the lights are still shining, but you just can't see them. Because you have light after light that are going after and then disappearing, it almost looks like the lights are almost passing through something and then disappearing. So he's going to pass a message to Rowan and Five. Did you guys see my lights disappear too, or am I going crazy? No, they definitely disappeared. It almost looks like it passed behind a curtain or something. Yeah, like, I still feel them. Usually when the lights disappear, the feeling's gone, but I still feel them, and they're still burning, I think. But I don't see them. Rid, more so from where you are, give me a nature check. And five, same with you. I got a 21. Wow. Uh, it's a dirty 20. Rid, you're staring at this tree. You now begin to focus, and everything past the tree is completely motionless. The swamp, the trees, the wind, the life... Five, you see from above you a bird that appears from your right out of nothing, flies a good hundred feet, and then disappears to your left. Uh, there's definitely some sort of screen. Something is obscuring our vision forward. Zue, this tree is freaky. I think everything's fake. Or the tree is fake. Or I'm... No, I'm real. Telepathically, Sui says 2-5 and Rowan. Rid says that the tree might be fake and that the stuff around us might be fake. But she's real, for sure. Rowan holds the lantern up, stares deep inside, and is going to cast Sea Invisibility. <laughs> just in hopes of seeing this veil. Almost like a veil. You see to your sides, Rowan, rippling as the invisible barrier makes itself known to you. And you can now see through it to more trees and swamp on the floor, but more trees. And you look ahead and it's almost like a tunnel. You can see these ripples like a curtain going and going, and then they open right at the marshland, completely consuming this area of the tree. 
and right behind it, you can see more trees where essentially the extension of the swamp is not really there. It's some form of illusion. Because behind the tree, you see what looks like a set of clustered trees with what looks like a shack on top, just behind Rid. You also see Rid crouched behind a bush or something, patting herself in the... <laughs> I'll whisper down to Zue, well, I found Rid, and you were right, it's, it's almost like a curtain. Your lights just went through this ripple in the air. There's more trees on the other side, and then there's almost like a shack up ahead. As if that light, that fire in the tree, is signaling either where to go into the ripple, or just some sort of signal in general of where this shack is supposed to be hidden. If, if Rid just walks just a couple more feet, she would basically go through the curtain leading to the shack. But instead, she's just squatting and patting herself. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> can I Can I make, just for fun, can I make a perception check to see if I can tell Rowan sees me? Sure. <laughs> I am like peering at you and <laughs> like hunched down whispering to Zue. <laughs> Basically staring directly at you. Oh, okay. Well, let's do it anyway. <laughs> it's a six! Hey. Should we go to the shack then? I suppose it's the only sign of any sort of existence around here, except for birds and swamp water. And red. I get red mixed up with swamp water quite often, though. That's really rude. Sorry, I forgot I'm not around five. Fuck! <laughs> Wrong company. You know, Rowan, not everyone has the same access to water and soap as you do. Not everyone is hoity-toity enough to just fly above the swamp because they're too good to walk, apparently. That's not hoity-toity. It is a little bit. All right, all right. I'm, I'm sorry. That was rude. Let's go get five. We'll meet up with Rid. And we'll check out this shack, I suppose. Don't tell Rid about the swamp water thing. Seeing that Rowan and Zue are just like blatantly talking to each other at this point, Rid will walk over to five. Boo. Uh, <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> yes, Rid. Five is going to, with his hands, just sort of feel around <laughs> to see if he can find Rid anywhere. Your, your hand bumps into her face. Oh, <laughs> uh. Sorry, uh, Five is going to pat the top of Rid's head. There, there you are, Rid, okay, um. They're just kind of, like, talking now. I, I don't know if we're being sneaky anymore, but also, I think things are fake. You see how nothing's moving out there? Maybe we should, like, go back and talk about this. Oh, I thought you meant people are fake. Oh, no, I checked. I'm real. Okay, good. Looks in Rid's direction. Yes, I saw a, a bird just appear out of nowhere, and well, I think we should wait for Zue and Rowan, and we can make a decision how to proceed. Zue, I think you can come up here. Anyways, Rowan, you should really think about how you talk about others behind their back. And Zoe's gonna start walking towards five. <laughs> Rowan, as you're sort of like walking more and more ahead, 
because it lasts an hour. You begin to notice that right behind this little split tree with the flame on top is this other cluster of tree trunks that are just sort of like jaggedly keeping this one shack on top. All of the branches, as you get closer now, begin to reveal themselves. And now you're sort of like, almost like forced perspective. You now see the tree, the tree with the flame, is sort of like increasing in size. And you see the branches extend outward in this very unnatural fashion. And you can't make out what it is, but there are things hanging from the trees. You can't make out what it is, but it's just there, as it is still sort of shielded from this. So it is behind the veil. It is behind the veil. As Zue and I approach, I look at Invisible Red directly in the eyes and say hello. Wow. Ah. Wait. As Rid is kind of like looking closer at Rowan's face to see if he can see her, does she notice his eye? Oh yeah, did Zue notice that when she was talking to him? Anytime you guys have interacted with Rowan today, his right eye is the crescent moon. I'm going to say as uh, Rid's roles have been with perception today, she didn't notice that until this moment. Um, Zue might have noticed. <laughs> Five noticed earlier, but didn't think anything of it per se as we're walking up then <laughs> okay we'll do this out of order do that first and then i'll respond to, to him seeing me rowan uh i know i just gave you a lecture on being polite but what's with your eye that had a hint of rudeness i feel like think of it as me standing up for red touche i don't know what's wrong with my eye Zue quickly, like, opens the book to draw your right eye, like, just your eyes, and shows you a picture of your eyes with, like, the right eye having a crescent moon. Hmm. Does it hurt? Zue's gonna try and touch your eye. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know they... They do this when I exert a bit of magic, a little more than usual, but I haven't really done too much today. Maybe it was after I stared into the lantern to see all of this. <gasps> so you stared into the light? Yes. Okay, light is bad, and she writes that in the book. <laughs> okay, w was it a new magic? No, I've, I've done this before. That's how I saw the hags fly into the city, and I knew where to call them out. Salune just allows me to see things that Others might not be able to. Like hidden things? You can see Zui's face kind of scrunches up in concern. Hidden as in invisible, and I point out to Rid. Okay, invisible. Okay, got it. That's good to know. And then we will approach. Wait, can you see me because your eye is weird? That's what we think. Okay. Wait, how long have you been able to see me? Uh, since you were squatting and patting yourself um i was hiding and i was trying to make sure i was real a totally normal thing to do when th things are like that and rid still invisible will point at the immobile nature in front of them speaking of which i don't know what to do about that i i believe it's more of a beacon of sorts if you will all step over here and i'm going to walk up to the the very edge of the veil and put my arm through 
almost like putting your hands through curtains. Your hand sort of like finds a bit of resistance, but you eventually come out on the other side. But you guys watch as Rowan's hand just completely goes away. Now, Rowan, you feel chilling cold on the other side. Ooh, let's pull it back out. I think they're meant to hide this. There's a shack just beyond whatever the hells this is. Five is going to take a look at himself, sees Rowan, passes his hand, and does not appear to be injured in any way. He is going to step through the veil. He watches Five pushes through, and honestly, just like a curtain Five, drapes sort of hanging down, you find yourself moving through it, and you come out on the other end to see the rest of Arborea. As you saw it before, you enter the swamp. All kinds of trees decaying and rotting all around this gargantuan tree at the center of tree trunks compiled and crushed together in a very unnatural form with a bridge almost dipping itself into the swampland that is remaining here that enters into what looks like a set of bones, scattered remains that make up a fake little jagged staircase that leads up to this shack with a broken door and makeshift windows standing crooked off to the side. And then as you sort of look at the extent of it all, the branches come out, massive arms it seems in all forms of directions. And hanging from the branches, you see chains with what looks like hanging cages. And inside you see black smoke wriggling and writhing within. You see five or six, seven, you can't tell, but then you see it. Bodies hanging, skeletons decaying, tieflings, humanoids, and from inside the shack, a faint light ever so often pulsing, almost calling to you. And for today, that's a wrap. Thank you all so much for listening. Catch us in two weeks where we will see what mysteries this shrieking track holds. And remember, the Arcanum is always watching. And he rolls up his skin and then you see Annie's face right now is all of us. I can same, y'all. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, you said roll you said rolled up his skin. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. That mental image was <laughs> Wait, no, I said rolled up his sleeves. He's rolling no, up his sleeves. No, you did. I'm pretty sure yeah, you Yeah, you did that, but then you said rolled up his skin. <laughs> this will not be my Ryan Dick one. Ryan, <laughs> check the recording. Check the recording. <laughs> Run it back. The second time you said